I just You're want alive. to fake you out. No, we're live. <laughs> <laughs> but we're almost here. We're almost at draft week, dude. Ten days, nine days, ten days, right there. I don't know. I can't do math. But anyway, I am excited. It's going to be great. It's good to be back. We took last week off because we were both tired and we didn't have anything really to talk about, I feel like. Yeah, that's that's fair. And you know what? Yeah. We're, we're older men now, and uh, we need the rest. We're also not paid for this, so... <laughs> That, that also is like the big driving factor here, I feel like, sometimes. Like, you know, we, we don't have to do this, but we want to. We love to be here. We love, you know, the listeners out there, the people on YouTube who comment. I appreciate you guys. Don't have anything yet, but I feel like they're going to come back tonight. I have a good feeling oh, yeah. it's Monday. Get that post-Easter hangover. I've had so many, like, little, like, sweet tart, like, little chicks and hens. You ever get those at uh, at Easter? Oh, yeah. the little, Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, no, I nearly ate an entire bag on my way from the Cape yesterday. My mouth is disgusting at the moment. But anyway. Those Cadbury's can get real dangerous real quick. That they can. That they can. And then I just mauled the chocolate bunny. But we we can skip all that because we just uh, – uh, no, you want to say something. I do. And just one little quick – before we get into the NFL stuff, before we get into our wonderful sheet here, congratulations to my Boston Celtics for making my Easter Sunday that much sweeter. I know we're not the Celtics show. I'm not going to touch on the Celtics show, but I just want to big, give a big congratulations. A- excellent show for any fan of the game. Obviously, Celtics fans loved it, but whoa, that's how the series is going. It's going to get real good. <laughs> hey, this YouTube channel is mostly Celtics fans anyway, so we got to give them a shout out. That was sick. I watched the first three quarters, and then I had to drive home, so I listened on the radio, and it was it was a great call. I was like, I was freaking out in the car. Also, uh, Kyrie, here's here's a double one for you, buddy. Correct. Great job, fans. Giving it to him. Loved it. I want that guy to be booed every breath he takes. I want him to feel pain every time he steps on the court. Wednesday night, it's going to be worse. He riled him up with that press conference. So he's asking for it now. So good luck to him. He's asking for it. And Jason Tatum said, you know what? We're going to we're going to beat you, too. That's going to be great. So that was awesome. Um I'm just happy. Honestly, I'm less – I don't even know if it's more just like I'm happy the Celtics won or just watching Kyrie lose. I'm at that both point in my fanhood. But Both are good. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Also, didn't you have a TV behind you? I did. I have moved that TV, replaced it with one of my wonderful trophies. I can't get my hand right. Where it's for my golf tournament of last year. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I am a golf champion uh, in my respective family. Uh, so that's me showcasing it. Yeah, he broke his TV. Anyway, another one. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get into the actual draft talk. So tonight, you know, next, obviously we got two, we uh, ideally probably two more episodes, including this one before the NFL draft. Will we do something Thursday on the draft night? Who knows? We'll be together, so we'll see. But, you know, wanted to kind of talk about just some of the storylines we're seeing around the draft, you know, what you might see happen. Are teams going to be trading up or teams going to be trading down? You know, what are, you know, where are some players looking to go on, you know, Thursday night? Is anyone going to fall to round two that we don't expect? Just kind of talk about some different things. Also going to talk about the Patriots. What do we want to see out of the Patriots? Not just Thursday night, but Friday and Saturday. What kind of players, what positions do we want covered? You know, what do we want to see happen? So we're going to cover all that tonight. I want to start off with the fun part, though. We each came up with five just hot takes about the draft, what we think is going to happen, whether it's Thursday, you know, Friday, whatever it is, but just a couple predictions that the two of us had, we're just going to debate them. But Bob, how about you start with your, your number one uh, hot number take one. for the right. NFL draft? 
This is a hot one. You know, going for it. It's one of the rare situations going into a draft where there isn't a clear cut number one. Somebody who everybody knows, everybody's saying it, everybody, it's clear cut, right? So with that, we have this open for argument, which is why I'm going with Trayvon Walker being the first overall pick (laughs) in the NFL draft. Dude destroyed the combine. Like he just destroyed the combine. (laughs) He's a freak of nature, good kid, does interviews well. And you know what? Jacksonville, I wouldn't blame him. You know, I get it, and I think Schrager from NFL Network came out with that story. Basically, Balky has always taken, like, the physical freaks over. I think he took Alden Smith over, like, J.J. Watt and just a lot of guys in that in a couple drafts that he passed on just because of lack of physical traits at the time. I, I don't – I'm not predicting it's going to happen because I have a hard time believing that Jacksonville – is going to take the risk in fucking this up. Um, and not that Trayvon Walker's a bad player, not that I think he's not going to be amazing in the NFL. I think he's got all the talent in the world. But you're you're basically picking between him and Aiden Hutchinson. Aiden Hutchinson, you know what you're getting, and you're probably getting an 8-10 to 10 sack guy at an absolute minimum. A good athlete, a culture changer, a leader, and a guy who dominated college. Trayvon Walker, on the other hand, a little bit more of a mystery didn't play, you know, full starter reps in college. Also doesn't have like the pass rush production. He doesn't have the pass rush moves yet. But he had a historic combine and he's great against the run and he moves better than anyone I think we've ever seen at 275 pounds. It's stupid. A man so you're betting on upside. Not be that quick. No, no, absolutely should not. Most of those Georgia boys shouldn't. But <laughs> you are betting so much on upside when you have you know what you're going to get in Aiden Hutchinson. I think he is almost, he is a guy who I don't think can bust. Trayvon Walker, on the other hand, could really not – I mean, he, he could really let you down in the number one pick. So I don't think it's going to happen. Am I going to be shocked when it does? Absolutely not. Might put some money down on it anyway. Why not? I actually – I want to know what his prop is because we're going to talk about a couple more props later. Let's see. Pick number – right now – Hutchinson's minus 200 to be the number one pick. This is DraftKings Sportsbook. Trayvon Walker is second, plus 200. Not bad. Just saying. I didn't even look at those numbers. It, it's getting – it's basically down to these two. The next one is Icky Aquanu, still kind of sneaking in there, plus 1,200. That's not bad. I might you know, throw five bucks down on that. Why not? They do still need some help on that offensive line, and you know, no one could blame if they said, we're going to take the first pick. We're going to directly help Trevor Lawrence. So. Don't agree with you, Bob, but again, I'm not going to be shocked when it happens. It's a hot take for a reason, Andy. (laughs) All right, we'll go to my number one here, and I'm going to say I feel like we've talked a lot about, you know, Garrett Wilson, Drake London, kind of being the first wide receivers off the board. I've mocked them a lot at, you know, the Atlanta Falcons at eight, the Jets at 10, and a guy who was the number one wide receiver for a while who we stopped talking about is Jameson Williams because of the ACL. Well, I'm back on this train he looks healthy. Is he going to be ready to start the season? I don't know, but it doesn't seem like he's going to take too long to get ready. I'm going to say Jameson Williams is the first wide receiver taken off the board. And, you know, I'm, I'll am prob- I'll, I'll give you a little preview. I'm going to have my final mock draft out next week. I like him at number 10 a lot to the Jets, to clarify. <laughs> you know, I honestly – so a, a question and a follow-up. So you think the first receiver is going to be held off until pick 10? I can see it. I'm also debating it to the to the Falcons. I think he will go number one either way, but 
the Falcons. I've seen, I've, been, I've seen a lot of mock drafts that have a different set of receiver at eight. The most common mock I've seen is a receiver at eight to the Falcons. I get that, and I just look at the Falcons like you're in such a rebuild. Number one, they're they should look to trade back. And actually, I got I gotta add them to the doc on this list. Actually, <laughs> uh, we don't have them on that yet, but I'm gonna add them. But they are in such a rebuild and have such a lack of talent that if they can, they need to, you know, move back, try to acquire some more picks to, hey, fill out your roster. But at that number eight pick, there's going to be a lot of good guys on the board. There's also going to be a lot of valuable positions. So I just can see them going a few different directions. I can see them going corner. Maybe a mod sauce Gardner's there, or they really like Derek Stingley. Put him against beside A.J. Terrell. You're set in the defensive backfield for a while. Um, edge rusher, whether you like Jermaine Johnson, maybe Kayvon Thibodeau falls. You know, there's a lot of questions coming out with his character lately. Uh, there's a rumor the, uh, the that Dan Campbell doesn't like him. I said this a couple weeks ago. That's why I put Trayvon Walker over him. But I think there's a million reasons. You know, it could be an eight. He would still fit that scheme either way because they need an outside threat at the – at number 10, I like the Jets, and maybe they trade up for him. Who knows? Because you've heard the rumors that they went really hard up to Tyreek Hill. There's also the rumors today that they were in after they made a package for Debo Samuel. They want some speed. So um, Jameson Williams has the top speed in this draft class. I know he hasn't run yet, but we all saw it on film. So he's a big play waiting to happen. That's why I got him going first of the wide receivers. I really have no problem with it. It's more just where he falls, but I can the talent is there and Achilles don't scare. Like they ten years ago, surgery, recovery, age. Now that he'll he'll be fine, in my opinion. Exactly. Maybe worst case scenario, week five, week six. You just you, you you're gonna find a team. Do you have to rush him out, or can you be someone who can like you know maybe he falls to the Chargers somehow? Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. You can let him wait. You can just sit him there and say you know get ready for the stretch run when we have to play all these AFC West teams. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he'll be fine, and he's going to be a high, hot commodity come the NFL draft. Bob, you're number two. Number two is going to be Jordan Davis going in the top ten. I like so, that a lot. Similar situation with uh, Trayvon where it's just once in a generation, just freak athlete. Again, guy his size should not be that quick, all right? Just <laughs> quick feet, strength, size is obviously there. And it's just one of those situations where are, do you really want to take a defensive tackle in the top ten? Maybe not, but for a player of his capability and potential, I mean, not to say he'll be an Aaron Donald level player, but he's going to disrupt run game like no man ever created. I agree with you. I think there's some questions about, you know, again, is he going to be able to stay on the field for more than two plays drive? You know, that's, that is a question there, but one thing I did hear and why I like him in the top 10 is the Atlanta Falcons. Like we talked about, um, one of their beat writers was talking about how last year they took Kyle Pitts kind of because, you know, not because he was a high value position because tight end is one of the lower value positions in the entire NFL, but because he's a unicorn. And when your team sucks, you might as well add something that no one else has. So why not go get the big freak? Grady Jarrett probably is going to get traded at some point. I think that's kind of a story that no one's talking about. You know, they're a rebuilding team. Why not just go get an absolute a guy that no one has, a guy that no one can replicate? You can't replicate that size and athleticism really well. So why not go get that? I could easily see that happening. Do am I gonna am I gonna say, you know, am I putting money on it? 
it's a little bit of a tougher one for me. But, yeah, I don't think he makes it past Baltimore at this point. So he's top 14. Top 10 would not shock me at all. Andy, you're number two. All right. Another guy. I feel like we have some sim- we have a few similar ones here, but another guy who's an athletic freak and he's at a high value position. I'm going to say Trevor Penning, who I think a lot of like draft analysts are down on because he's going to get beaten pass blocking sometimes. But this guy was one of the underrated stories of the NFL Combine. I think he's going to be a top ten pick. He, you know, small school people are going to have question that part of him, but the guy's a bully. He's nasty. If you saw the clips of the senior bowl, he's literally throwing like uh, at Tyreek Smith from Ohio state into Desmond Ritter on a pass blocking rep and literally nearly killed Desmond Ritter, you know, nearly tore his ACL. And then he's going over and like pushing him on the ground and stuff. And when you have a guy who is that strong, who he ran a sub five forty, he had a great combine, you know, again, overshadowed by some of these absolute freakish numbers we saw, uh, Iki Aquano too, who we'll, I'm sure we'll be talking about soon. Uh, I look at that kind of a profile, and I just think that there's some offensive line coach, whether it's in Seattle, whether it's in Atlanta, or whether it's in New York, and they're just going, Coach, Coach, this guy is an absolute asshole, and I need him on my team. They're going to go to bat for this guy because they don't care that he's you know got going to have a ton of penalties. They want a guy who is an absolute freak and wants to murder everyone on the field. This guy watches Saw before games. I heard that story. It's wild. He watches Saw on the way to games. So I I, I disagree, uh, mainly because it's been slowly growing. You know, I think when the official, the official first round of mock drafts came out, he was like in the early second, maybe late first. And every piece by piece, combine by combine, he's slowly grown up and up. But the highest I'm seeing him is mid first round, and that's like at best. So Baker Mayfield I, went number one, and no one thought that could happen. Well, he's a quarterback, so we're talking about that's a different scenario. And he's an offensive; he's a left tackle. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing. The value is there. I'm sure there'll be a team that'll take a chance, but he's just he's subpar between the top level players that will fall in the top ten. So you think Dan Campbell wouldn't trade back to eight to to get this guy somehow? He would I'm love just, him. I, I, he's going to go in the first round. He's going to go in the mid first round. I, I can guarantee you that, but he's not going to go top 10 just because there's better offensive linemen available who will get selected for him. And then you have teams like the jets and the giants who can double up and they're not going to, you know, take one offensive lineman and then take another offensive lineman. I mean, we've seen crazier things happen and I'm going to steal your spot here to segue into my next one, because I have, one of your offensive linemen who you're going to talk about, Charles Cross, I have him falling out of the top 15, thus make, paving the way for Trevor Penning to get into the top 10 there. But the reasoning behind it, very simple. He comes from a Mike Leach offense. Yeah, there it is. Mike Leach offenses, offensive tackles haven't exactly translated very well to the NFL. He is a good, he's a great athlete. He's a great pass blocker. Can he run block? I assume he can. I think he's a good player, but is the NFL going to look at it that way based on his tape where he didn't have to run block at all? Not saying he's going to fall out of round one. He's not. He's too good for that. But a lot of people have him going at number nine to Seattle. Um, you know, they've heard, we had rumors that the Jets really like him um, if they decide to move on from Bakai Becton. I'm going to say he drops further than that. Could get to Philadelphia. Could get He could get as far as New England for all I care. But – I think he's going to fall. Trevor Penning's going to rise, and it's going to come down to 
the college background and that personality. <laughs> I actually don't disagree with you on this one. I think he's a okay. I shouldn't say undersized because when you're compared to guys like O'Neal and Penning, you are undersized, unfortunately. So that kind of throws him under the bus just a little bit. I think he's getting looked at, especially after his combine performance, as one of these guys who's going to be good. He's going to be a good tackle in the NFL. He's not going to be, you know, a top 10. He's going to be like a like a Jack Conklin, Braden Smith level player, if that makes sense. Like a solid tackle. Just a guy you can count on, but he's not going to, you know, lead the line for you. So I actually don't disagree with this take, but the same argument with Penny, where ignoring the tackle situation, there are better players available that are just going to get drafted before him. So it's not so Penny can move up. It's just so other players that have potential of high level potential will be drafted. I think Cross just doesn't have that potential that guys want in a top 10 pick. I mean, we'll see. I mean, he, the thing with him is he might be the best pass protector in this entire class. Icky Aquanum's best run to run blocker. He might be the best pass blocker and it's going to be whatever flavor you want. When you're in a Mike Leach offense, you have to be a good pass blocker. You only have to be a good pass blocker. That's it. For those of you who don't know, they, he doesn't run the ball. I understand. That's why. Kylan Williams lost money because he stayed at old at Mississippi State and he was a running back and he was counting on catching 80 balls a year. He didn't do that. Now he's a Packers undrafted free agent. Stash him in Dynasty, maybe, but not not doing much. Uh Bob, I took yours, so you take the next two. He sounds good to me. So, Andy, I don't know if you knew this, but going into the this year's draft, the current record for receivers drafted in the first two rounds is 13. That was set in 2020. And if you look at the 2020 list, there's some good receivers. There's Justin Jefferson and somebody else's name, or I can't remember. Oh, Jerry Judy. Those are the two significant receivers uh, to come out You're of that. You're forgetting draft. one. Say again? You're forgetting one. In the first two rounds specifically. Oh, yeah. No, you're forgetting one. It's pretty Maybe significant. He was in the news a lot. Could you remind me, please? Oh, Henry Ruggs, yes. Yeah, there you but go. That, that goes to my point that <laughs> not really a factor anymore for the Raiders. Um, so my, my bet for this year's draft is that that'll be broken with 14 or more receivers taken in the first two rounds by the way. I'm looking at this right now, and I'm trying to see if I can count 14 that I think. So <laughs> I, I'm looking at consensus at the National Mock Draft Database. So we're going off the consensus board. Ready? Count with me. Garrett Wilson, Drake London, Jameson Williams, Chris Olave, Traylon Burks, Jahan Dotson, Christian Watson, Watson, the you got it. George George Pickens. How many are we at? Eight. Sky Moore. And now here's where I start to lose it. Only because I think there's a few question marks here. So we're at how many? Eight right now. And you need four. We need how many more? Six? Six more. All right. So the guys who have potential here, John Mechie, depending on health, that's one. Day three. I want to say he's round two. Or not round two. Round three, not day three. Um, David Bell maybe from Purdue, but he tested really crappy. Um, I don't know why I'm trying to clean up my language. Alec Pierce. And Chris Sims has him as his number two overall, so Calvin that's Austin. fine. Depends what you want. He's 5'7". Hey, Tyreek's 5'8". 
that, that they're not the same. I, I again, you're saying round two for these guys. I, I have a little bit of an issue with it. Rondell Robinson, Tolbert, maybe. Shakur is too small. Justin Ross, too many questions. Romeo Dubs kind of sucks. I'm gonna I'm gonna say no to you on this one, man. Hot take, man. If we get to ten, I'll be happy. Well, I disagree. I, I think, I think it's gonna be awesome. you've made it very clear our last couple shows. Arms race, arms race, arms race. Everybody's trying to get weapons. Everybody's I, I get- don't disagree with you. That doesn't mean they're gonna take wide receivers because it doesn't mean they're that good. I think there's good wide receivers in this class, but am I going to take them in round two? No, I'd rather take some high ball. I think there's going to be a run on linebackers in round two. There's going to be a run on quarterbacks because there's going to be a couple guys who drop. Then it's like, all right, now we don't have to take them round one. Let's take them now. So just saying. Well, that's my hard take. My next hard right. take, as I'm going to move on, and you're going to hate this one even more than that take, is that a running back is going to go in the first round. Reese Hall, baby. Big man, fast Where's man. he going? Detroit Lions at 32. It counts. Oh, my God. No. Why would they do that? They have DeAndre Swift. Yeah, who's a nice little pass-catching back. And Dan Campbell, who wants to be a tough SOB player. All right? He wants a big, strong running back who's going to ground and pound it. Go ahead. First of all. DeAndre Swift is fine between the tackles. Yes, he's a smaller back. It's fine, but he has his what he is what he is. All right, I'll give you that one. That one I can't argue with. But Detroit's in a rebuild. What you how you don't rebuild, as we saw with the Jacksonville Jaguars recently, both when they took Leonard Fournette at number four and when they took Travis Etienne last year. Running backs in the first round aren't going to help you rebuild. It's not a it's not a foundational player when you can get them in round three. Also, this year's running back class, I don't rate them as anybody in the first round. So I just don't see the value there, especially when you're going to have guys like Nicobe Dean and Devin Lloyd falling down draft boards. You can get another quarterback to go opposite Jeff Kuda because you need that. You can get a pass rusher. You can take a quarterback because you might want to just take a chance on a Desmond Ritter or a Matt Corral or Sam Howell at that pick and get that fifth year of control. I I do not see how Detroit takes a running back. If you told me, if you told me that Tampa Bay was going to consider it, I might think about that one. Um, you know, maybe they you know want to move on from Fournette at some point and they just want to plan for the future. Buffalo would make a lot of sense, but I don't think 25 they're gonna do it. Um, that's all I got. Wow. I, I don't see anyone else doing it. Let me Right. So DeAndre is entering his third year. Right. They're not going to pay him because it, you don't pay running backs. That's that is rule number one in the NFL. You do not pay running back a second contract. Well, he's That's true. All right. Dan Campbell. Campbell. Sorry. Wants you always say that weird. I know. I always mess it up. All right. He Can't has Jared quarterback. So the passing game is not great. They actually have a sneaky good offensive line, a strong offensive line that would be good with a strong nose running back. Right. You can already name a top five. Yeah, line. Way, it could be Kenneth Walker as well. Keep in Michigan. Love the attitude there. All right. You can't pass off. So I'm just saying they have an early second rounder. I think it's third overall in the second round. So they can, you know, go out and get still get whoever they want. But then they get that fifth year of control on the running back. So you don't have to pay him for the pretty big basically his whole career. All right. It's right there. It's a nice window. It's perfect. It's a possibility. That's all I'm gonna say. You can disagree all you want. Don't say it's a possibility. Defend your hot take. Defend your hot take. 
I just did. Yeah, but you said and said it's a possibility. Fine. Uh, Detroit will take a running back if they don't trade the pick. Detroit will take a running back at 32. All right. All right. There we go. At least stand by it. Um, going to the next one for me. So I stole this one from you after I wrote it down first. And then you said, oh, I was going to write that down. Kenny Pickett's the first quarterback taken off the board. And for now, I'm going to slot into Carolina. And it's simple. This pick will be a quarterback. I have no doubt in my mind anymore. Um, and who it is between him and Malik Willis is just how good of a salesman is Matt Rule. Because him and, and uh, Fitterer have to go to David Tepper, who I'm 99% sure is the owner. I have that right. Yeah. Um, they have to go to him and say, we're going to take this quarterback. We want Malik Willis. If they convince, if they take Malik Willis, it means they walked into that room and they said, you need to give us two years because Malik Willis is going to have to adjust to the NFL game, but he has the potential to be great. We're not going to win this year. We're probably going to suck still. We're going to win in year two. If they can convince him to do that, they'll take Malik Willis. I don't think David Tepper has that kind of patience. He's going to tell them, fuck you, win now. We have to win this year. If you don't win games, you're fired. So they're going to take Kenny Pickett. 49 career starts, accurate, mature. Going to be able to go into the NFL, and he's going to be able to be a starting caliber quarterback. Does he have upside? Not as much as the other guys, I think. That's why I had him the other week as my QB5. Highest ceiling or highest floor? Potentially. I think he can start. He's going to have a long career. He's going to be successful. Is he going to be great? I don't think so. But he is the guy who Carolina can take and insert the him over Sam Sam Darnold and win now. And basically, it'll save Matt Rule's job. Are they going to win 12 games, I'm saying? Absolutely not. If they win seven, I think they'll be a freaking miracle. But there is... This is a matter of job security, and Fitterer and Rule have to show Tepper that they can win, so that's why it's going to be Kenny Pickett, even I though I wouldn't take him in the first round. That's I agree with you, and that's why it was going to be my take, too. Just the, the exact scenario you laid out. A GM and a coach trying to save their job. They're going to make a mistake. They're going to take the quarterback that can win them games, or at least they think they can win the games, and then play from the perfect scenario, exactly what I was thinking, no disagreements. Exactly. And I've had Malik Willis in the spot and I said, you know what? David Tepper has never shown patience. So they got to go. Um, let's go to the last one. So Bob, last hot tag. What do we got? Well, Andy, this might be the worst one you hate the most because you and I have been fighting on this for weeks now. And Kyle Hamilton will be a top five pick in the NFL draft. Leadership, attitude, defensive back, perfect player. Perfect player, love him to death, big fan. This is just from the heart. It's not even from a logistic standpoint. Love the guy, great player, top five pick. I love the guy too. He's a great player, but even A, I'm surprised after he had that whole LeBron over MJ quote, um, said people Drake's the best artist ever. People can have their own opinions. I don't judge you on your opinions. Bob saying, screw them kids. Um, I fully disagree just because positional value. That's very it. Also, he did not test elite for an elite safety. And if I'm an NFL GM, I'm not taking a not elite testing safety in the top five. I'm going to lose my job that way most likely. You have a combine and then you have game film, which they care about. I understand, but you you have guys in college who are great and they don't do well in the NFL. It's very simple. You have to have translatable. You have to have traits that translate to the league. We're never going to agree on this, so I think we should just move on. 
Where is got where are guys like Monty Ball now, um, who were great Monty in college? Um, where's Johnny Manziel? RG three was good for one year, and then he sucked after that. Marcus Mariota. Hey, just hey, got, hey, Marcus Mariota started quarterback for the worst team in the NFL. Now, congratulations. Um, college success does not equal NFL talent all the time. Oh, it's a matter shit. of Matt won the Heisman. No shit. That's that's a good one, actually. <laughs> Reggie Bush. Okay, Reggie, Reggie got kind of screwed. Reggie got yeah, but he did. Reggie had some highlights. Reggie wasn't a bust. He had moments, but like he was the number two player. Come on. You don't take running backs at two. Okay, that's fair. Back then, you could actually get away with it. It was funny. Vince Young. Oh, oh. oh. That, I mean, that, he, he's, he still he's, has more Pro Bowls than like uh, than Stafford, I think. He's still, but that's the, he's the epitome of a college quarterback. He was. He was. God, I love Vince. All right, let's get to the last one. My last one is wide receiver George Pickens, who I feel like a lot of people are starting to come around on, but I'm going to go as far as I think he ends up in round one. This guy didn't play much lately, to be honest with you. He's had some injuries. He tore his ACL prior to this year. He came back in the championship game during their playoff run. He had like a long catch at one point, but not a lot of college production after his freshman year, but he's good size. He's got good downfield speed. He ran like he ran in the four threes at his con- at the combine, high four threes or low four fours. I forget. Um, he's starting to move back up draft boards, and you know we talked about it. It's an, it, the NFL is an arms race. He is one of the guys who I think has the traits where someone's going to look at him and say he could be a number one receiver. You have teams like Kansas City and Green Bay at the end of round one. They're going to need somebody. I would be surprised if he slips by them. And there we go. Those are our takes. Just might have. I feel like I'm gonna have six more by the time we uh, record next week, and I might change a couple of these because who knows? It's gonna bounce around so much over just over a week too. It's ridiculous. It really is gonna be wild. I cannot wait. We have some comments, and I have not even been looking at these yet. So I feel bad. Oh, it's gear. I'm sorry. I totally missed you, man. Keeping Kenneth Walker in Michigan. He can't pass block. That's all I'm gonna say. He's gonna be a good running back, but you can't take him high. Late round two. Just remember, he's not, he can't pass block. He's going to have to make a business decision for himself. Um, <clears throat> all right. A couple things we wanted to talk about as well. We talked a little bit about teams trading up and down. Wanted to highlight a couple extra ones that, you know, I was taking a look at it. We've seen them, you know, what they've done in the offseason and, you know, what we think. So teams we think you might see make trades up, whether it's in round one, ideally in round one. We're going to talk about round one. Cause that's what people watch. People don't watch Friday. People go out out Friday. Like why not? We watch Thursday night. So round one trades that we might see for teams going up, you got to talk about the new Orleans saints first. And they've kind of already positioned themselves with the move to pick 16 and 18 with that trade with Philadelphia Eagles in that. If they stay there, I think they're going to target whatever offensive lineman drops, whether it's penning cross Bernard Raymond, worst case, because they have to replace Teron Armstead. They know that. We know that. No one's surprised. If they stay there too, 18, wide receiver, Chris Olave, Jamison Williams if he's there, Traylon Burks potentially, um, You know, maybe Drake London falls. Who knows? It doesn't really matter who it is. They need another wide receiver outside of Michael Thomas because even before Michael Thomas you know, comes back and is healthy, or even if he does, it's still their, their number one needs. They have nobody. Yeah, so that's what they're going to target. But 
quarterback is also in the, in the books right now. Are they going to make a move up for Evan Neal, Ikiakuanu? Maybe they go up to seven to tr- to uh, the Giants pick, try to get one of those guys. Maybe they go up for Malik Willis. Who knows? The Saints have always done this with Mickey Loomis. Remember they traded they traded a first round, an extra first round pick two years ago to go get Marcus Davenport. I watched that on my TV and I was just dumbfounded that they went after a small school uh, defensive end and he has not been worth it, but the saints like to swing big. I would not be shocked by that. I understand. Agree. Uh, the Malik Willis. I don't know why that just got me. That's, I don't know. It just sounds right to me. Like Malik Willis to the new Orleans saints. Just, you know, it, it did, like, what? it did, but now that Sean Payton's there, I just don't feel it. Sean Payton isn't there. Yeah, I know. I just he, I don't feel it anymore. Did I say he was there? Yeah, it sounded like you sounded like he said he is there. That's what I was like. Yeah, huh? Well, now that he isn't there, it doesn't Did feel he like retire. <laughs> Maybe he will at some point. He was going to coach Brady in Miami. See, see that whole thing, and then Bill Belichick said, "Nope." <laughs> Oops, sorry, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> that's a um, that's another show. That's that's an entire show. <laughs> It's, oh man, I, we have to do a special. We actually um, have to. Uh, just another team, real quick. I know you listed it, but uh, it's obvious one is the Chiefs. Um, Tyreek losing Tyreek hurts, and I don't care what move they can possibly make, whether it's moving up to get a you know one of those top receivers, whether it's using it to trade for a top receiver currently in the NFL. You're not getting the same production. It's not going to be the same. I understand that they have to try. They have to keep the Patty Mahomes train ride for as long as they can. And that's what they're going to do. It's the smart move to do. As long as you have Pat Mahomes, all you have to do is draft weapons. All right. Either it's draft or trade. You just have to get the man weapons. And right now, the receiving core, it's not great. Kelsey's still there, but Kelsey's hey, still He's getting a they, little bit older. All right. But they got a lot of size that, now, man. Tyreek was a midget. And now they got Juju, who's, I think, 6'3, scant. Yeah. Scantling's like six three or six five. So Mahomes is like, oh yeah. He said it today at a, at OTAs. He's like, yeah, there's some balls that I used to throw that would be overthrows, but now these guys are gonna go up and get it. So he's totally happy with this. Um, I definitely see them moving up to get an Olave, getting you know one Burks. We can't. We cannot allow them to get Jameson Williams. We cannot allow it. They they there's there's no way they can move that high. But I, they could. They have they have. Two picks in each of the first two rounds. They've got the capital. They, I mean, if they really want to get over, eh, that's their call. If they do it, that's their call. But either way, I can see them trying to make a move up for one of those top four or five guys. Yeah, I think we're going to see it happen. And you're going to, it's going to be for Olave or Williams. I think they, they want to get some of that speed back. You're not getting exactly, but you are going to get a similar receiver. Um, so I think they are definitely going to make a move. And it's the same thing with the Packers, too. You know, we have them here as well. Um, and it's the same thing. They need to make a move for a wide receiver. They have picks 20, 22 and 28, thanks to that Raiders trade. Again, this is, they are at a point with this Aaron Rodgers contract where number one, they can't afford to pay to pay any wide receivers, so they have to go through the draft. Uh, and number two, you paid this guy fifty million a year. You gave him all this money. You traded Devontae Adams to make this work. You have to win a Super Bowl, so you have to go get top talent. It's it's simple as that. Yeah, and now I will say for the Packers, at least it's I think it's more on the side of trading for a current star rather than drafting a rookie like a DK, like a Debo, one of those guys. Trying Can you pay him though? They've had to do a lot of cat magic, man. I'm just saying. You think they're – again, Saints, I don't care what any other team is doing. The Saints are the ones that – I don't know what they do. I, 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 
They smuggle the money out of the freaking country. This, I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. That's Dan Snyder. Um, the Saints are that classic, um, or that classic meme where it's like the rule book. Get that thing out of my face. <laughs> they do not um, follow. Moving on to teams that we think are going to trade down, though. Uh, we talked. There's about a lot. There's a lot there, more. There's here. a lot of them, and I know this is not like, a good draft. And it's not. And you know, we're going to start off the Giants, but also I'm just going to throw the Jets in because the same situation. When you have two top ten picks. You, you, you consider trading one of them. You just, you do, because you can get value from later in the rounds, et cetera, et cetera. And so both of them with where they are currently, the Jets would more likely trade for a player than trade uh, down for extra picks like a DK, like we talked about, or something like that. Get that star for Wilson. But the Giants in their full-fledged, I mean, they're they're a hard rebuild, a hard reset this year. So the same situation, though, trade down, get extra picks, get extra guys. No, Easy. I agree with you. And I think the Giants for them – it's if you can't get the right value player at pick seven, then you're going to trade back. You're going to aim for some future first round picks because next year is when you're going to want to position yourself for one of these better quarterbacks that we've talked about in the past, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, um, Spencer Rattler, whoever it is, you need to put yourself in position because you're going to be in, I'm getting a franchise quarterback mode. The Jets, I actually disagree with you on, unless it's for a player, I do not see them trading down from any of these picks because Joe Douglas is in that win-now mode. He is in Zach Wilson's second year. Not saying he has to make the playoffs this year, but we've kind of talked about it. They are rebuilding, and they're they're ascending right now. He does not care about next year as much as he needs to get talent now so his team continues to develop. And then next year, I don't think they're going to focus on the draft as much. I think they're just going to spend a ton of money. And I've, I've also mentioned it before. They've been going after Debo Samuel. They've gone after Calvin Ridley. They've gone after Tyreek Hill. They want a prime receiver. If they can't get a trade done, they're going to, like I said, they're going to grab a Drake London or a Jameson Williams or somebody like that at pick 10. I would I'd be shocked if they didn't take an offensive player at this point. Um Another team I want to talk about, the Bengals back at 31. They've addressed the offensive line. They're no longer in a desperation mode. This is a simple fact of this team does not have a ton of top-tier needs. They need a cornerback, so I could see them staying here for that. But they're going to be primed to sit back, move the pick for some value. Maybe a team wants to come up and get one of these quarterbacks, Howell or Ritter, whoever's there. They're going to move back get some extra picks, and then some cheaper picks because they're not going to be able to afford to pay first-round picks in a couple of years because they're going to have to pay Joe Burrow. They're going to have to pay Jamar Chase. They're going to have to pay Logan Wilson because he's been doing great. They're going to have to pay T. Higgins. They're already paying a running back. They don't need first-round picks anymore. <laughs> Joe Burrow, they're good. If, if there's any team that's mad at the Browns right now, it's the Bengals. Because <laughs> Joe Burrow is going to go that – Plus, yeah. yeah, more than that, and I haven't done anything bad, <laughs> allegedly. Very true. People, people um, actually want me here. I'll let you have the home team, Andy. So I'm going to move to Houston, where you know it's in a situation where you want to talk about the hardest rebuild right now. It's easily Houston. Davis Mills is a nice quarterback, not the guy. They really have no talent across the board on that roster. It is a Weak team right now. You just yeah, I got oh, nothing. That's good. Okay, I was gonna say you're really gonna make an argument. Um, so basically, trade down, get whatever you can. There'll be a quarterback desperate team. Whether maybe it's the Panthers, just to be safe. Maybe it's you know something out there. Some team will get dumb. 
trade the pick, get as much as you can, and just start the rebuild. The more, you're in a situation where the more picks, the better, honest to God. <laughs> I mean, they've got 11, so they've got a good amount. So, I, I mean, I could see it. I, if anything, it would be pick 13. I think at three, you want to stick and try to get a value play, like a good just positional player at this point, like a high-volume pick. I think they should go offensive line. If you can get like an Icky Aquano here, that's how you start your rebuild. They've already started now that Watson's gone. They have so much cap room next year. They're going to be paying. They will be able to pay people finally. Now that they don't have to do these one-tier things. Um, they have two first-round picks for the next three years. That helps. If you could trade three and get another future next year, maybe that's when you go for the quarterback and a couple guys. But I think one thing that we are starting to see more is teams don't like having three picks. They like having two and then yeah. taking that third and moving for extras, just like the Philadelphia Eagles did. So am I going to rule it out? No, I don't know if I personally agree with that, but I could definitely see it. It just depends with what kind of value they see. If they get a trade and maybe like Atlanta loves somebody who wants to move up from three to eight, do it, do it, please. Like go ahead. That would be great value for Casario, but they've got a lot of capital. So we'll see what they do. Um, but you mentioned it, the Patriots, and this will kind of segue us into you know our next bit. I think we'll end with we'll end with the prop bets. I feel like that's more fun. Yeah, um, I agree. yeah, we'll change the show sheet. We have it here. You know, I don't put this thing in order all the time. Um, but team that's going to trade that I think is prime to trade down is the New England Patriots. This is the scenario that I want to see on draft night because our top needs are linebacker cornerback wide receiver at 21 Devin Lloyd and Nicobe Dean I wouldn't call them great value picks at that point just because of the value of the position the the lack of elite testing from either one of them um for the cornerbacks I think Derek Stingley Jr. and Ahmad Gardner they're gonna be off the board Trent McDuffie that's a question mark I don't know if we need him Kyrie Elam and Andrew Booth are my targets there I don't want either at 21 I want to move back this team Traded a third-round pick next year for Devontae Parker, which is fine, but we got to make that up somehow. So if you can, I think for the Patriots and for Patriots fans, if we get Kansas City, Green Bay, maybe Tennessee, who also all teams that need wide receivers, I'm sorry, Robert Woods and A.J. Brown is not enough for Tennessee. Let's just throw that out there. <laughs> if you can get any one of those three teams to move up to 21 for a for their first and a third round pick, let's say, because it's not a draft where we can get an extra first for that. It's simply not. Can't get a second round pick. I know it's unrealistic. A third round pick is a realistic bid. If we can pick up an extra third for one of those guys and move back to the first round, I think we can very easily end up with Lloyd Booth, Dean, um, Elam, whichever one it is, late 20s, and then get that extra third where we're going to be able to cover you know, different positions, get some more depth at linebacker. There's some cornerbacks there. There are wide receivers we can target. I think that is the ideal situation for the Patriots, and that's what I want to see. Yeah. I mean, it's also Bill Belichick classic. Trade out of the first round, trade down. That's exactly. I mean, you're not really making a hard take right now. <laughs> that is what Bill is going to do. That's what that's Bill why we did it earlier. And at the end of the day, Bill, I, I truly believe, when it gets to 21, Bill's going to look at what's available. If he does not see the value he wants at 21, he's going to trade down, regardless of who we think is there. If I can, you know, Chris Olave could be there. He could say, I don't want him, and he'll trade down. He doesn't. I will I will hurt at that point. <laughs> I will really hurt. Um, no, I agree with you. I Again, I think it's the positions that we need to cover. We 
the players who are likely going to be there will not match the value of that pick and you can get more for them. And we need more players. We need more depth at different positions. So you can get a good guy in the third. The difference between pick player number 10 and player number 60 in this draft class is not that much. If you can get more guys in that 40 to 60 mark, do it. it it's going to get you better value. We need, we also need youth. We just, we need we do. youth in general. Like just regardless of position, other than quarterback, we just, we have an old team. At least we really do. And that's why we don't have a lot of draft capital. You know, for the listeners out there who don't know what we got right now. So we got pick 21 in the first round. We got pick 54 in the second round. Um, 30, 85th pick is our third round pick. I'm not saying this right at all. We have a fourth round pick, which is number 127. And then we have two fifths and two sixths. Eight picks total. Not a ton. Didn't really get any comp picks this year. So if you can turn that first into an extra third round pick, that's going to be really huge for this class. Again, you're going to have some, you getting cheaper picks gives you more money to spend in free agency next year. When by God, I hope that's when we're going to go for it going into max third year. Uh, but yeah, that would be, that would be ideal for us. And Bob, I wanted to highlight, you know, some players that, you know, like I've kind of mentioned a couple, a couple that I'm targeting for round one, but just some other guys who I think fans are going to want to take a look at, you know, as they're, you know, checking ESPN, checking the app and seeing, you know, on Friday, like, Oh, who can we get in like day two, day three? Like, who are these guys? Like, why should I know them? And why, why should I give a shit? <laughs> That's really it. Yeah, no, it's a great way to put it. <laughs> but I think, you know, overall in terms of like the needs we need to cover, we all know it. we need, we need cornerbacks. That's we're desperate for them. Um, linebacker help we desperately need as well. So we need more at the wide receiver room. We need to get it. Yeah, we want to get a number one, but can you get some complimentary players and maybe build this up? We'll see. Um, the offensive and defensive lines, they need depth. The offensive line more than anything nowadays. Safety, I, I think we need to start making a move at that because Devin McCourty is back on a one year deal. We have Duggar. I know they have Adrian Amos and or no, I'm. That's the Packers guy. Who? Why am I blanking right now? Oh, Adrian Phillips. Adrian Phillips. Thank you. Yeah, those are strong safeties. Those are in the box safeties. That's not the free safety position McCourty plays. There's nobody who backs up McCourty. Yeah. We have nothing there. Jabril Peppers. Who knows what it'll be? I'm calling it now. Fifth round. I'm going to draft a Rutgers guy. It'll be out of, I don't. I don't know his name. I don't know. What he, it's it's going to be the guy out of Rutgers. Oh, Bill I have a record. I have a Rutgers guy on here. Good. That, that Bill. Wide, it's a wide receiver, but Bo Melton. Uh, it counts. Form, yeah, former four star. Convert him. We'll convert him to safety. Just make it happen. Um, <laughs> former four star though. Um, decided had a bunch of bigger offers and stayed in New Jersey. So stayed at Rutgers and had you know he's a really athletic kid. So day three guy. If we don't touch wide receiver in the first couple of days, that's something. I feel like my nose is starting to get stuffed up as I'm talking. So bear with me on this one. Uh, but that's <laughs> definitely <laughs> three. I don't know, man. The allergies are coming back this week. I don't know what it is. It's uh, that time of the year. It's mid-April. You know? Yeah. Pollen's going to start coming, baby. It's bad. But, all right, so round one, we talked about Lloyd, Kobe oh, Dean, Kyrie Elam, Andrew Booth. Those are guys, linebackers and cornerbacks, that I can see the Patriots going. If we stick at 21, I, I'm kind of off of this pick right now, but Zion Johnson, I'm not ruling out yet. Top guard in this class. We traded Shaq Mason. If Bill just – I would not be surprised if Bill said, you know what, we're going to build on a strength and we're going to make the offensive line a top five unit. I wouldn't hate it. 
I'm not going to say I'm going to hate it. I'm not going to be happy about it, though, because I'd rather attach some different positions. And I think Skarn's still consulting, so I think he's going to tell us that we've got a day three kid, and I have a day three kid to talk about in a little bit. So don't worry about that. But um, other guys I had here, Olave, if we're going to go wide receiver. And then I still think Traylon Burks is a guy. I know fans are going to think a little bit of Nikhil Harry, but I don't think he's Nikhil Harry. Well, Pats fans in general are going to be really touchy about receivers in the first round in general. Bill, it's the one position Bill just doesn't figure out in the draft, right? He honestly has uh, – Edelman doesn't count because Edelman is a quarterback. He That's really true. hasn't drafted a top-level receiver. He traded for Moss. He traded for Welker. Edelman was a quarterback, et cetera. It just – the man – and Amendola was a trade. Chris Hogan was a trade. So <laughs> down the list of solid, good receivers at our team, and they weren't draft picks by Bill. So – I almost don't want Bill to draft in the first round receiver because the guy is going to be cursed. It's just going to be a cursed player. So we'll see. I think you're insane if you think Olave is going to drop to 21. I I, I want what you're smoking it's, at that point. <laughs> I think it's still a possibility. Don't rule it out. I'm I'm going to rule it out. Watch me rule it out right. All right, now. there's your hot take. That's it's oh I'm not. We'll we'll go to our over unders in a bit. All right. All right. Um, I actually think the corner one, though. I think that's the hot one. I think the talent's there. Bill obviously goes with value, and he recognizes that the corner position in general is very low, and he's going to draft best player available in the corner position if he stays at 21, which I don't think he will. Yeah, I hope he doesn't, to be honest with you. Um, day two, a couple of different position groups I wanted to cover here, but Linebacker is a big one. And again, mm -hmm. will we go Lloyd or Dean round one? We don't know. But, you know, for day two, Leo Chanel is my target. I want Leo Chanel on this team, the Wisconsin linebacker. He is, I, I'm going to get his measurements right here because I don't have them written down. But six, two and a half, 250 pounds. He's a run stuffer who moves very well. Tested great at the combine. He did run a fast 40. He let me down on the bench press. Only 34 reps, which is like, by the way, 90th percentile for linebackers. Um, <laughs> now the guy can, he can blitz the passer. And we've always had linebackers who can get after the, after the passer. You know, Dante Hightower, what's his biggest play? The strip sack of Matt Ryan in the Super Bowl. That's the kind of player that Leo Chanel is. Hey. I think he would be a guy who slides into the Patriots defense perfectly and especially takes over for Hightower. Is Hightower back yet, by the way? Defined back. Like signed? I don't believe so. Yeah, well, he can either step in for him or if he comes back, he can kind of sit right behind him and then take over that spot. But Leo Chanel, Patriots fans, you need to know that name. Um, another linebacker I want to point out real quick, Troy Anderson from Montana State. And I know you're thinking Montana State – why would we want a guy from such a small school? Because he's a freak athlete. He is running a four three seven. Uh, four three. It was four four three or four three seven. I don't know, man. I don't. I didn't take down the best notes tonight. I apologize, everybody. But four, he, four, rides, four. he rides like two hundred forty eight pounds. Red four four two. There we go. Four, four, and two. he. He weighs near. He weighs over two hundred forty pounds, and he's fucking fast. That's all you need to know. Played quarterback, um, played running back, and then they switched him to linebacker, and he was defensive player of the year. Um, small school, but he transitioned really well. Played really well at the Senior Bowl. 
guy can do a lot of different things in this defense. I would love to see us land him. Uh, but that's just those are just two of like the five or six day two linebackers that I think could easily uh, be great picks for the Patriots. No, I mean Leo Chanel is the picture perfect what Bill likes. Big. Bill likes thick middle linebackers. He needs, you know, you need the next high tower fill. You need the middle of the box guy who's going to stuff the run. Bill is always going to be big about stopping the run, slowing down the run game, and taking it from there. And Leo is exactly what he likes. If he has a speed, which he does, which he does. The issue with um, Jawan is that he's 250, but he's slow. Not fast. <laughs> he can't run. He just, he is not fast. He is not quick. If Leo can be quick and fast, he is Bill's guy. He is exactly what Bill's looking for. Troy Anderson, I. I'll, I'll, if he's, you don't know, you just don't know yet. It's okay, Leo, I'm I'm open to I'm open to that idea. Perfect scenario. Trade back into round two, top of the second round. You take him. Awesome. I'd be fine with that. Uh, I'll blow through a couple of these wide receivers if we're looking on day two. Everyone knows the John Mechie the third connection with Matt Jones. Good Love route it. runner is the speed there. Don't know, you know, it's not top end, but the guy's a strong route runner. I think he would fit perfectly in the system. Alec Pierce, testing freak, really didn't dominate small competition though. So there's some questions there, but he's a guy who can get the vertical ball, which is what we really need right now. Um, on the on terms of the edge rushers, we do need someone opposite Matt Judon. We need some consistency. Drake Jackson's a big guy who we could put put over there to stop the run. Josh Pascal from Kentucky. He's a guy rising up boards right now. Really strong. He's about 270 and he moves really well. So that's definitely some guys that you can keep an eye out for. Will we address the edge? I don't know. Um, we're looking at offensive line. Zach Tom is a guy who's flying up boards at the moment from Wake Forest. Has some really good tape against guys like Jermaine Johnson during last season. I don't know much about him be honest i've only heard so i kind of got to do more research but that's a guy i wouldn't you know from everything i'm hearing i kind of want to take a look at him maybe we maybe we put him where win is and we kick win inside that's been my dream for a while now just move move isaiah win to the guard spot and that way we can kind of fill out left tackle with someone who's actually a tackle that'd be great uh defensive line if we want to put somebody Beside Christian Barmore, let him get up to the passer more. Fedarian Mathis on day three would be a or round three would be a nice little pickup. He's more of a run stuffer. He could take on two people. Um, who else we got? And then I got quarterback Marcus Jones from Houston. Huge, great return specialist, great in coverage, has good ball skills. He's a slot corner, but you know Bill loves those, so can't hate it. And then James Cook is on here, the running back from Georgia. I want him as the next James White, and his name happens to be James. That's perfect, but this guy is electric with the ball in his hands, and he is a mini Dalvin Cook. That's not a bad deal to get. Like, Let's not forget that. He is Dalvin Cook's brother. We're going to hope for something there. So those are just a couple of guys who I'm thinking about on day two, on day two, rounds two and three. Will we get any of them? Who knows? Bill usually breaks my heart. Only couple I want to touch on. I think you're crazy for James Cook. I understand the reasoning. He's not going to take a court running back in the second round. He'll wait to the fourth, fifth, sixth, even. What about the third? It, or that too. We'll get to that. He's not taking one day two. Let's fine. I'm very confident in that. Number two, John Mechie. That's the new NFL trend. Receiver, QB, college combos. There's two on Jalen Waddle, Burrow and Chase, obviously. Derek Carr and Devontae Adams. They all count. 
So it's the new hot thing that works all because of what Jamar and Joe just did in the NFL, along with, again, Waddle Tua, which sneaky good, very good combo right there. Mm-hmm. So Mechie, that's a dream scenario for me because I think if if it just shows, it works out well. Finally, I still want more of a vertical threat, but again, I'm not going to be mad if you add John Mechie to this room. Hope not. And the last one, and you hit the nail on the head, and this is why I was mad about the Zion Johnson in the first round take, take the tackle. Because you have a guard you can slot in to fix everything. You have on way on the right guard, and you have Isaiah Wynn playing left guard because that's what he is. He's a guard. He's not a left tackle in the NFL. Draft an actual left tackle or slide Trent over, slide the rookie into the right tackle, whatever you want to do. I don't care. Either way, you have two good guards in this roster. You don't need to draft one in the first round. I like it. I can't, I, I'm not going to disagree with you on that. Um, I do have a guard for you in day three, though. Of course. Everyone I'll, take, I'll take three. I'll take three. All right. I'll take day three. All right. Everyone needs to know this one. I think Todd McShay was going off about him. Got uh, Mike Ryder from PFF was as well. Jason Poe from Mercer. He's a small school kid. He's a guard. He's apparently being looked at at fullback too. Six foot, 300 pounds, which is just not typical size. But the dude is strong, and he is one of the best pull guards in this entire draft. And they played Alabama, and he was the one good thing on Mercer. The one good thing. That was going on that game as they got absolutely slaughtered by the Crimson Tide. But that's a guy that you know, a lot of fans are going to start to hear more and more. But round five, six, great value with guard. Just a weird NFL body. That's the only thing. Um, I hit on Bo Melton earlier, the wide receiver from Rutgers. Uh, Kevin Austin Jr. from Notre Dame. He had a really good combine. You know, seems really athletic. Didn't do a ton at Notre Dame, but I'm willing to take a flyer on a guy with that kind of athleticism and size. Um, Linebacker, I really like Malcolm Rodriguez from Oklahoma State. Ran, I think he ran, he ran sub five, four, six. I want to say at the combine, so moves pretty well for a linebacker. You know, is he a super athlete? No, but he was the leader of that Oklahoma State defense. Took him nearly to the college football playoff this year. I always love those day three linebackers. I feel like they're pretty safe. They're good depth pieces. Um, couple other guys safety i know we talked about we need to address at some point nick cross and kirby joseph from maryland and illinois respectively both good athletes hard hitters in the backfield and then quarterback we have to address the backup quarterback situation and i'm gonna plug ej perry once again smart and athletic he can play you need that in bill's system i'm just saying he's a local kid bring him home I like I like the idea. No, I, I've noticed because EJ. <laughs> I, if he ends up with the Patriots, that's a nice little uh, home calling for him. It's great. Um, real quick on Malcolm Rodriguez, just so you're aware, you're in a four-five-two at the uh, NFL combine. I love that. So fast, young man. Um, biggest one for me, I think. Again, kind of agreeing with you on the safety position. I think that's where Bill will try to find the McCordy replacement, or at least the backup that you can develop and grow. Because obviously, you can have McCordy for this year. Somebody who can listen, train, develop under him. I think that's what Bill's going to be swinging for, at least in that draft. It's day three, so you really just find backfill potential, see what you can grow with, that type of stuff. So, you're obviously, if you hit a, you know, a Tyreek or you know a nail on the head somewhere, good for them, but I'm not going to bet on it. So. Not great. Well, anyway, Patriots fans, again, I'm probably wrong on all these guys, and Correct. none of them are going to end up on the Patriots. But... Now, now, to be fair, to be fair, I'll give you this. Bill's the hardest guy to predict for in and out. It is true. It is. It's it's him and the Seahawks. The Seahawks, but they always make really bad picks. 
That's it. They had well, their years, but now they take like LJ Collier and um, Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny. <laughs> awful. Absolutely hey. awful. All right. Well, Eagles. Uh, I this feel like you had something else to say there. I, I was just going to add on to the Eagles. Don't exactly draft well either. Jalen Rager, first round, baby. Yeah, that one. I I still I still it. I think it was Erickson. I said at, or tweeted afterward. He thought that was a great pick, and I told him that was the worst pick of the entire first round. And I rubbed it in his face like a year later. <laughs> yeah, right. it still doesn't make any sense to me. Still love the video of the Justin of the Vikings staff just laughing after that pick. Um, but yeah, all right. Let's get into our last segment. I feel like we still need a better name for this, but what do we love? What do we love? And we're well, going to start with got some, I got some questions for you. I need to throw at you. So real quick for the people listening, we're going to take a quick break from the draft top. A lot okay. of draft conversation focus. I focus on some <laughs> topics that are non-draft focusing at all. Biggest off-season story still out there, other than the QB Jimmy G Baker situation, is the up uh, the rookie contracts ending for some of the top receivers in the NFL. Specifically speaking, we have Debo. This is all the 2017 receivers who are finalizing everybody to make you feel old. We got Debo. So good. We got Terry McLaurin. We got AJ Brown. We got DK Metcalf. Those are just those high level ones that are going to get paid a lot. I'm not mentioning a full slate of guys. So, but Andy, out of those four, who do you love the most that's getting the bag? I'm going to go with DK Metcalf. Ooh. And it's so I'll give you my quick reasoning. Um, I love Terry McLaurin. The physical ability is there, but I don't think he matches up to the other three. Debo Samuel, I think he was schemed perfectly last year, and I don't know if we're going to see that same production ever again. I think he's still going to be really good, but we're we can't expect that every year. AJ Brown, talented, but he has had injury issues. DK Metcalf is a physical freak who I think is only getting better. And I think he has the highest upside of those. So that's the guy I'm going to pay out of those four. Will it be? I love that question, though. <laughs> will, will it be the Seahawks, though, that pay him? At this point, I, I, I honestly don't know. This 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 draft makes no sense. I, I, I want to say one thing. I'm going to put out a final mock draft. I expect this to be the worst one I've ever put out. Last year, I got eight picks, right? If I get four, I'll be very happy. All right. Covering your ass early. I like it. Andy, I had a question, too. A little bit of fun for you. So, normally, normally, the Super Bowl, L.A. this year, spectacle, massive success, commercial value, and all that, right? Now, I have in front of me the three locations for the Super Bowl these next three years, all right? In order, we have Arizona, we have Las Vegas, and we have New Orleans. Now, I want you to wait before, because that's not the question. The question is this. What do we like more, the Super Bowl locations next three years or the NFL draft locations? Because the next three years for the NFL draft are, in order, Vegas, Kansas City, and Detroit. It's a Super Bowl, and it's not no, even close. <laughs> I disagree with you wholeheartedly. Detroit is going to be awesome for the NFL draft. That crowd is going to be insane and fun and then like what i'll get stabbed you're telling me arizona arizona is i don't care about arizona i want to go to new orleans for any sporting event now you say that and so the city of new orleans is fun city environment everything 
All yeah. bourbon street is fantastic. Have you been to the Superdome? No, I haven't. It sucks. I don't care. New Orleans fans listening, I'm sorry. Your stadium is old. It's falling apart. It sucks. It is and not. Look, if I'm going down for the Super Bowl, I'm probably going to be there for a couple of days. Yeah, I'm going to go to Bourbon Street. I'm going to have fun. I understand. If you tell me a hurricane hits, I'll be a little pissed, but still. Okay, okay. a little early. A little early for the jokes. <laughs> a little early. <laughs> well, agreed to disagree. Also, Vegas is just going to be like partying in the Death Star. Vegas is the draw. They're both there, so you got to give it a watch. Basically, Kansas City and Detroit for a draft. It's a wash. It's a wash. On to my final question. You have to throw it in because it just got announced. Andy, who do we love more at a golf tournament? Brady and, Brady and Rogers or Mahomes and Allen? See, it's Brady and Brady and Rogers going to be the heavy favorites. I know Josh Allen plays golf, but I've never seen it. I have no idea how good he is. I know Patrick Mahomes is pretty solid. I think they could be sneaky. I'm going to pull I'm, I'm if I can, I'm going to try to get some money on them. Um, but if I have to be like the smart man here, I'm going to take Brady and Rogers. I've seen them. They're pretty damn impressive. Um, and they got the age, man. Like, They've been doing this longer. See, I think uh, Allen's going to be a classic mid-20s golfer where he can drive 350 yards. But So Bryson? What? So Bryson. Yeah, it's going to be Bryson. But he can't – Allen will be able to chip or get on the green to save his life. Yeah, I can't see it either. I actually see Mahomes. I feel like he has a sneaky short game. So we'll see. But that's going to be fun to watch. That is a fact. That is good TV. And those are entertaining quarterbacks. And I think Josh Allen, people are starting to see, he is a lot more entertaining than people thought. He's phenomenal. But those are my big three. Those are my three questions. Quick little uh, fun for you, and it's a little bit side draw away from Draft Talk. All right. I like it. And we're right back to Draft Talk. And right um, back to Draft. <laughs> want to finish this up. We got a couple prop bets here from DraftKings Sportsbook. We're not sponsored, by the way. I'm just using that for the references. Um, but, Bobby, I'm going to give you – we got four players here, some pretty notable ones. We haven't talked a lot about them today, um, although one of them I have to get out of the way. Um, I'm going to give you an over-under on their draft position, and you just tell me what do you think. And then I got a couple overall position groups that I want to talk about. So to start off, let's start with edge rusher from Oregon, Kayvon Thibodeau. The over-under currently, he's listed at five and a half. What do we like there? Is he going – basically, is he going before the Giants, to the Giants, or after the Giants? I'm going to take the under. Uh, this talent's there. A team will take him somewhere. There's – He's so when going. you're saying under, you're saying like he's going to take before five, five and a half, before pick. five or lower, five or earlier. That's how right. I'm taking. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No. 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 That is it. That is. It. I just want to make sure we're both on the same page here. He's not. He's not getting to six. There's, I. There's no way. <laughs> I. I don't think he's going to. That's okay. And then I get, picks. but then I get questions about. Offensive line run. Is that going to happen with three, four, and five? So that's a question. I will go with the under on this one. It is the betting favorite. It's a not under at minus 135 right now. The over, yeah, plus 105. So it's still pretty close, but that's definitely going to be an interesting one to watch. Actually, no, I'm reading the wrong one. The over is minus 160, actually. The under, he's actually favored to go later than that. So it's very surprising. But they, We'll see. Um, player, player number two, and another guy who you know, has some question marks in this draft, but unbelievable talent, Derek Stingley Jr., the cornerback from LSU. Current, 
currently listed at 11 and a half. What do we like here? Give me the under again. Main reason, value position. In today's NFL, any guy who shows he has top-level talent at a, covering the receivers, he's going to go early. I, I don't see him getting to 12 in the situation where, no, guy with that potential, you've talked about his college ability. I understand there's a f- couple question marks, but someone's going to take the risk. Same thing with Thibodeau. It's just the, the potential outweighs the risk at that point. No, I agree. I agree with you on Stingley. It's the under is favored at minus 150 right now. Over is a plus 120. If you told me this before his combine, I probably would have taken the over. Minnesota at 12 would have made a lot of sense for me. But, no, I think he will go earlier than that. Uh, let's go to Tyler Linderbaum. We haven't talked about him in a while. The offensive center from Iowa. Got him listed at over under 27, pick 27 and a half. So that is at 27. We got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. What are we thinking here? That one. See, that's that's the issue because that is probably the best number to be at. That is like the right there because, oh, man, that's hard. That's really hard. Now, they just sound Ryan Jensen. Before that, you have the Buffalo Bills. You have the Arizona Cardinals at 23 maybe. That's uh, probably – I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over on this one because it's just 23 for a center is – too early it's too early now now that doesn't play into the fact that the team could trade back and still take them yeah i'm gonna go over i'm gonna go over i'm taking the over as well and that is the favorite and it's a tight one right now they're at, at draft on DraftKings right now it's minus 125 for the under minus 105 for the over so people it, i don't know what to think on this one um, that number is perfect that 27 yeah. that is the oh it hurts number. it hurts last one i got for you your boy, I already know your answer, but your boy yeah. Hamilton's listed at ten and a half. Uh, what do you think? What do you think my answer is going to be, Andy? <laughs> you know, the under is favored. I'll give you that one. He's at minus one thirty-five for the under that. So I don't hate it, but yeah, I I'm tempted. It was at nine and a half, and I was going to say the over eleven and a half makes me think I'm going to have to push back to the under because I think he could just go to that jet spot. Also, the Washington Commanders, it would make a lot of sense, especially since they just cut Landon Collins. Uh, but it's definitely going to be fun. There's a ton of others who I wanted to look at, but I figured I'd just go for a couple notable ones. Um, last three I want to do. Positional groups, total in the first round. Quarterbacks, over under two and a half. What do we like? That's a really Will there be one. three? Will there be two? Will there be four? What are we thinking? Will there be one? Because the issue is that two are definitely going in the first round. We they know Kenny be- Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis will end up going night one. Now, matter. The issue is, well, so you know what? I'm actually going to go under. And the reason is, you look at all those teams at the bottom of the list, all through, I mean, to get to, get to Pittsburgh where Malik might go. I mean, 21 to 32. Other than Detroit, which I've talked about is going to be a running back. No one That's right. Be you stand it by it. I just I, – I think it's going to be under. I, I, I'm going to take the under on that. I'm going to take the over. I think Desmond Ritter's going to end up in round one. That's it. Somehow, some way, some team's going to trade up. I'll take the over there. Wide receivers, here's your fun one. Five and a half. Over. Five and a half. So we – Give me – All right. Over. There's five the over guys is definitely going in the first round, and George Pickens, Kristen Wilkins, uh, Watkins. It, it, there's like three, four extra guys who have the potential in the first round. So it's gonna. Yeah, happen. I agree. 
I agree. You got Olave, Williams, Wilson, um, Burks, and London. Then Sky Moore, Watson, George oh, Pickens. Yeah, no. <laughs> You're taking the over. The over is favored at minus 240 right now. For quarterbacks, yeah. by the way, it's favored minus 250. Um, last one I want to do, cornerbacks. We kind of talked about with Stingley, Amon Sauce Gardner, but they are at four and a half. What do we got? Oh, that's fucked. <sighs> Give me the over. Give me the over. Same the value of the position. And there's some good guys in this draft. So there are, and it's the thing is this comes down because we got you got three that you know are going. And it's Sauce, Stingley, and McDuffie. Are Both. both Booth and Elam gonna go? I don't know, to be honest with you. So we'll see. The under is right now favored actually at minus 150. So someone thinks I think Elam might be the one to slide, if anything. Because but we'll see. But anyway. Love the show, Bob. Been fun. Final mock draft next week, right? Correct, sir. And you've already given us fair warning that it's going to suck anyway. So hope we enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. So you just listen to us like chat for a little while, but don't take anything we see say seriously. Again, the issue is there's just not a lot of top end talent, and that makes it hard to predict. So we will see, Bob. Anything else you want to throw in? Congratulations to Marcus Smart for being the first defense uh, guard since 1995 to win Defensive Player of the Year. I absolutely love it. Dude had a ball game the other day. Let's go Celtics and let's go Patriots. Come on, Bill. Let's go, let's go Bruins. I'll be out here, boys. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Awesome.